0: Welcome to Current Radio's technology station. Please enjoy today's selection of technology news. There's been a significant move from Spotify's Celeste. They're cutting around 17% of their jobs. It's their third round of layoffs this year.
1: 17%? That's a substantial number, James. It seems like they're really trying to streamline their operations. But what's the reason behind this?
0: Daniel X, Spotify's founder and CEO, has cited slow economic growth and rising capital costs as the main reasons. He mentioned in a note to employees that the company had capitalized on low-cost capital in 2020 and 2021 to significantly invest in money. So they're now trying to balance
1: out those investments by reducing their workforce? That's a hard pill to swallow for the employees.
0: Indeed, Celeste. Eck has acknowledged that this decision will impact many individuals who have made valuable contributions to the company. He even mentioned that many smart, talented, and hardworking people will be departing.
1: That's over 1,500 employees if we're talking about 17% of a 10,000 strong workforce. That's quite a blow.
0: Absolutely. And this isn't the first time Spotify has made such a move. They cut about 6% of jobs in June this year and a few hundred more in January. Eck did say that he realizes that the size of this reduction might feel surprisingly large given Spotify's recent positive earnings report and performance.
1: So, they had a good earnings report and they're still cutting jobs? That must be confusing for the employees.
0: Eck did mention that they considered making smaller reductions throughout 2024 and 2025. But given the gap between their financial goal state and their current operational costs, he decided that a substantial action to right-size their costs was the best option to
1: so it's a case of short-term pain for long-term gain. But it's not just Spotify, right? Other tech companies are also cutting back?
0: That's correct, Celeste. Globally, industries have seen significant layoffs this year, totaling over 225,000 employees. This is due to economic volatility, higher interest rates, and evolving consumer patterns. The tech sector, including firms like Amazon, Google, Meta, Twitter, and Netflix, is also experiencing notable cutbacks.
1: That's a lot of uncertainty in the market. It's a tough time for employees across the board.
0: Absolutely, Celeste. It's a challenging period, and it's essential for these companies to navigate these times responsibly while minimizing the impact on their employees as much as possible. Speaking of challenges faced by tech companies, let's shift gears to a different kind of issue that's been making headlines. It's not about layoffs, but a matter of data security. In a startling incident, personal genetic testing company, 23andMe, fell victim to a significant data breach. Did you hear about the 23andMe data breach, Celeste? It seems the hackers got access to around 14,000 customer accounts.
1: 14,000, that's a significant number. But isn't 23andMe's customer base in the millions?
0: Exactly, they have over 14 million customers worldwide. So the breached accounts represent 0.1% of their customer base. But here's the kicker.
1: Wait, there's more? I mean, 14,000 is already a lot, but.
0: Yes, because 23andMe has this feature called DNA Relatives. If you opt in, some of your information is shared with others. So, when the hackers accessed one account, they could also see data of people connected to that initial victim. So, the
1: ripple effect is much larger than the initial 14,000 accounts. And what type of data did the hackers get access to?
0: For the initial 14,000, The stolen data generally included ancestry information and, for a subset, health-related information based on the user's genetics. As for the others, 23andMe only said that profile information was stolen and then some certain information was posted online.
1: That's concerning. And how did 23andMe respond to this breach?
0: They forced users to reset and change their passwords and encouraged them to turn on multi-factor authentication. And as of November 6th, they required all users to use two-step verification.
1: That's a start, but it's a bit late for the users who've already had their data compromised. What about other DNA testing
0: companies? Are they... Taking action? Yes, in fact, after the 23andMe breach, other DNA testing companies like Ancestry and MyHeritage started mandating two-factor authentication.
1: Well, that's a relief. It's a stark reminder of how important data security is, especially when it comes to such sensitive information.
0: Absolutely, Celeste. It's a wake-up call for companies and users alike to prioritize data security. From the depths of our genetic code to the vastness of outer space, let's shift gears now. We're moving from issues of data security here on Earth to the latest in the race for the stars. We have some interesting updates on a major player in the space industry. Let's dive into the latest developments from Amazon's Project Keeper. Celeste. Have you heard the latest on Amazon's Project Kuiper?
1: Oh, the Mega Constellation project. I've heard bits and pieces. What's the update?
0: Well, Amazon just secured three Falcon 9 launches from SpaceX. Quite the turn of events, considering there was a lawsuit about Amazon not considering SpaceX in the first place.
1: Wait, really? But SpaceX is one of the most reliable rocket companies out there. Why wouldn't they consider them?
0: That's exactly what the lawsuit was about. Amazon shareholders, the Cleveland Bakers and Teamsters Pension Fund, filed a suit against the board for not even considering SpaceX when they were approving the launch agreements. Apparently, the decision was made in less than 40 minutes.
1: That sounds like a rushed decision for such a significant project. So when are these Falcon 9 missions expected to launch?
0: They're targeting mid-2025. Remember, Amazon is under pressure from the U.S. Federal Communications Commission to deploy at least half of the 3,236 satellites by 2026. So the clock is ticking.
1: Right, and it seems like they've already spent a fortune securing up to 83 launches from Arianespace, Blue Origin, and United Launch Alliance. Now, they're adding SpaceX to the mix.
0: Yes, and the lawsuit claims that the most famous, reliable, and obvious launch provider, SpaceX, wasn't even among the four companies presented to Amazon's audit committee. It's quite the controversy.
1: It certainly is. I'm curious to see how this plays out, especially with the FCC's deadline looming. It's clear that space exploration and satellite deployment are becoming increasingly competitive fields.
0: Absolutely, and it's a race against time. We'll be keeping a close eye on this story as it develops. From one competitive field to another, let's shift gears from the vast expanse of space to the fast-paced world of electric vehicles. As we've seen, navigating the challenges of a rapidly evolving industry requires strategic moves and constant adjustments. Speaking of adjustments, there's an interesting development in the EV market that's worth our attention. So Fisker, the electric vehicle startup, has made an interesting move. They've cut their annual production guidance to free up $300 million in working capital. They're now expecting to produce about 10,000 vehicles this year.
1: That's quite a significant drop from their initial forecast, isn't it? I recall them being quite bullish about their production numbers just a year ago.
0: Absolutely, Celeste. They initially planned to produce 42,400 ocean SUVs by the end of 2023, but that's been slashed multiple times since then. This is the fourth cut since spring.
1: Sounds like they've had to adjust their expectations quite a bit but this move is supposed to give them more flexibility, right?
0: Yes, according to the business update, this is about freeing up capital and adjusting to the market conditions. Despite the cuts, CEO Henrik Fisker seems confident about the company's performance. He noted that they've overcome early delivery challenges and are now setting a strong pace as they prepare to close out 2023. He even said that by the end of this year, they will have delivered more customer cars than any Western EV startup in their first year of deliveries.
1: That's quite a claim. It seems like they're not just focusing on production, but also on improving deliveries and customer service. They've even launched a new strategy to improve deliveries in the US and Europe, right?
0: Indeed. The details aren't entirely clear, but it seems to involve adding more logistics companies to speed up deliveries, increasing outreach to reservation holders, and opening more facilities dedicated to retail, deliveries, and service. They're also planning to launch a leasing program in the US, Canada, and Europe. Interesting.
1: And what about their staffing situation? I heard they've had some turnover in their finance department.
0: Yes, they've had some challenges there. They lost two chief accounting officers in a short period and had to delay filing their quarterly earnings report with the Securities and Exchange Commission, But they've recently hired dan quirk as their new executive vice president of finance and accounting and they've made a few other key hires as well
1: it's clear that fisker is making some strategic moves to weather the challenges they've faced it will be interesting to see how these changes impact their performance in the coming year
0: absolutely celeste the ev market is highly competitive and constantly evolving so it's crucial for companies like fisker to stay agile and adapt to changing conditions.